Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Outside Story. This is episode five of our October 2021 Halloween special. Today, we're going to be talking about two films, Candyman, released in 2021, and It Follows, released in 2014. The title of this episode is called Cursed, because both of the films somewhat have to deal with a curse. I would say Candyman is kind of a stretch, but, you know, I feel like it's definitely a curse (laughs) that is kind of just put on to the people at hand. And It Follows definitely a curse definitely a curse okay so for our first film Candyman, it was directed by nia da costa and also written by jordan peele and nia da costa and someone else win rosenfield um and so you know this one i feel like was kind of a long time coming because Candyman was a very very popular sort of i guess cult following horror story from i don't remember when it was released but you know i remember growing up essentially and i do remember sort of the um urban legend behind candy man and a lot of my cousins would talk about it all the time and so you know candy man was just one of those films that had like a lot of people know about it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um but yeah, Larry, what were your sort of first initial thoughts of Candyman? How did you hear about it? Did you know about it, etc.? I when you mentioned Candyman was coming out already, like I said, like, let's go watch Candyman. I was like, oh, that's already out already. Um, it, that totally flew over my head. Like I knew it was coming <laughs> out soon. I didn't know how soon it was coming out, and it just happened to come out like a month ago, I'd say, two months ago, not too long ago. Yeah. yeah. Um. And Jordan Peele is behind it. Like, he's a part of the the process. And I was very fascinated by the idea of it. Because I wasn't too sure if this was, like, a reboot or a sequel or sort of thing. And it's kind of both. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. we found out that after watching the film, we found out it was a sequel. Because they kind of blend the storytelling so well that you don't even realize that like you can watch this film without watching the original which unfortunately Jonathan and I have not seen the original Candyman so we watched Candyman 2021 mm-hmm. without doing that and we still understood a good <laughs> chunk of the story pretty well um mm-hmm. but yeah I I think I didn't watch any trailers or anything I just kind of wanted to go right in and just you know get a feel for it without knowing what to expect or try to create an expectation for myself and i was pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. um with this film and uh there weren't too many of us in the theater i think that's when covid started to find a slowdown and you know theater started to open up mm-hmm. and Candyman was one of the first few films that they released though we uh jonathan and i just mm-hmm. checked it out mm-hmm. i mean i was very much looking forward to this film like not only you know, uh, mainly because, you know, Jordan Peele was behind sort of the producing, or at least he was credited as a producer on this. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I think it's going to be good, you know. And I don't know, like, what, what were some of your um, more specific thoughts or around the film, Larry? Did you enjoy it or not enjoy it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really, I thought it was a great slasher f- film. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't mm-hmm. really too sure what kind of film it was going to be, to be honest, because I wasn't too familiar with the candy man but the more they explained it i was like wow Mm -hmm. like this is um this is a pretty good slasher a good combination of like supernatural Mm -hmm. and slasher kind of like freddy cougar kind of does that blend Mm -hmm. of both and i really loved like how they use their shadow imagery to kind of tell the story kind of like using shadow puppets Mm -hmm. because 
after the story keeps going continues through you start to kind of see there's a lot of like racial undertones and a lot of um, social undertones about what they're trying to say about Mm -hmm. class and race and um, all these sorts of themes and like wow like that's very fascinating i'm not too sure if the original Candyman touched on that but i'm really glad they went this route because Mm -hmm. it served the story really well and with it they were able to kind of uh blend the almost kind of like a social thriller aspect of it into a horror film as well mm-hmm. and so yeah i thought they did a really great job with that yeah um so i guess let's dive a little bit deeper into the story too for those of for those of you who have not watched it or are not planning to watch it i guess we'll give a little bit of a synopsis of what's going on in Candyman. and so Candyman follows this artist um, named anthony mccoy who has just recently moved into this neighborhood um, in chicago that is kind of like a now gentrified sort of neighborhood it's looking very affluent you know what i mean um the apartments are definitely um very modern and very expensive you know whereas like before like the neighborhood that they are living in was not like that you know what i mean it was only recently that 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 Mm -hmm. was the case but in that particular neighborhood there was this um urban legend of you know um a man uh who goes by the name Candyman, and there's this kind of story of the candy man and what happened to him and all those things and um Essentially, it was all bad. And this story, though, kind of piques Anthony's interest because he's kind of trying to come up with an idea for a new exhibit, you know, piece, right? Um, Kind of like a new, I don't know what it's called, but it's like a new set, you know, like a new uh, collection of art pieces and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And he is a visual artist. And so he starts to do research around the Candyman and starts to try to, you know, he asks people around the neighborhood, like, what do they know about the Candyman and all these things. And as he's starting to investigate, he starts to kind of get an obsession with the Candyman to this point where it starts to kind of overcome him. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, he's living with his girlfriend and his girlfriend is like a curator. So she curates art and, you know, puts on uh, shows and stuff like that. And, you know, she decides to put Anthony's art in her showcase and stuff like that, too. And then things just start going really crazy because Anthony somehow has channeled sort of the spirit of Candyman into his art. And, and that's kind of what starts to happen. And I would say, like, you know, I feel like Act 3 is a little crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> a little crazy. <laughs> Act 3 is a little crazy for this film. It makes sense why it is what it is. But at the same time, I felt like it was a bit abstract. Like, did you did you feel that way? Um, No, I didn't. I don't think. Oh, oh, oh. The last like two minutes i'd say is pretty straightforward but in terms of abstract you're referring to the beginning of act three right when the girlfriend goes to look for anthony right and and even even all of act three to be honest with you like even the Mm -hmm. ending like like it, it makes sense but at the same time like um essentially so huge spoiler alerts for everybody who has not watched it if you don't you know, plan on watching Candyman, go ahead and just keep listening. But what happens is Anthony becomes sort of possessed by the spirit of Candyman and becomes like the next Candyman. Mm-hmm. You know, he like is now the Candyman. And 
as he is sort of killing people, he is like kind of giving a monologue as to why he exists and who he is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and I felt like even that was a little abstract too, okay. you know? But I don't know. Maybe it was just me. Yeah, I don't really remember that monologue that well, to be honest. I only remember the girlfriend, you know, calling Candyman and Candyman doing like a mass mass murder spree. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all I remember for that. And yeah. that was in itself pretty memorable already. So Right. It was yeah, crazy. That was yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I guess one of the things I really also liked is the one of the recurring themes, obviously, is that it goes to show you how powerful someone's name can be. And this was more recent with the protests that happened not too long ago, you know, with George Floyd and everything and the power of remembering people. And uh, it's with this story, it's unfortunate that the only the name Candyman is passed on when everyone who embodied that title actually had a name too. You know, one that wasn't really mm-hmm. meant to be feared, but one that was remembered for for what they've done. And the name Candyman just kind of goes to show you that this is some this is kind of it's playing on that idea, you know, about what it means to remember someone's name. Um, and I really liked that parallel duality that they mm-hmm. portrayed with that. And I guess one of the other things I wish this film more had more of is maybe more character moments. Um, it was. I understood why Anthony did what he did, but at the same time, like it was more concerned with moving the plot forward and moving it forward, trying to find out, you know, what happened to Candyman and what happened to the origins of it and how how it all connects mm-hmm. together. Like it literally just moves on from each piece of evidence that carries on through to each to the next one. But it's like, you know, I also would have liked maybe a little more moments with Anthony and maybe with the girlfriend with them too trying to maybe confront this or take care of this or maybe even like question a lot of things maybe there was one scene where the girlfriend thought he was hella crazy (laughs) and yes Mm -hmm. he was pretty crazy at that moment um but at the same time i Mm kind of wish there was more moments like that and also the girlfriend had a backstory that they talked about very briefly but they don't ever really expand Mm -hmm. upon and i really wish they expanded on that right right yeah i feel like this film definitely was very plot heavy which I think is mm-hmm. fine, you know, but I think I think I, I, I also would agree that um, I, I would have appreciated a little bit of more either like a wrap up, you know, to the girlfriend's story or a little bit more of Anthony's story as kind of his journey to becoming an artist and stuff like mm-hmm. that, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. So our next film is It Follows, released in 2014. It Follows is about this strange creature that has a tendency to follow (laughs) people after they commit certain acts let's put it that way um and and essentially (laughs) basically whenever like okay so this thing that follows someone this particular someone if they get caught by this thing they will die the only way they can get rid of this thing from following them is for them to sleep with someone and they pass it on to that person However, if the thing that follows kills that person, its next target will always be the one who passed it on to that original person, you know? So essentially, it's like a chain letter sort of monster. <laughs> yeah, it's like a living STD. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. And, and what's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so our story, it follows. Starry, uh, starry, s- stars are... <laughs> main character 
Jamie or Jay, and with his uh, with her with her boyfriend. They go to a movie theater, right, to watch a movie, and then um, they, they decide to play this small little game about, like, you know, pick someone out from the crowd, and, you know, uh, if you were be- to be in their shoes, like, why would you be in their shoes, essentially, right? And then the boyfriend picks out someone from the crowd, and Jay, Jamie doesn't see it. And she's like, who are you talking about? I don't see anyone like that. And then he, the boyfriend starts to kind of freak out a little bit, and then he passes it on to her. And he explains the whole story to J- to Jamie and says like, "Hey, listen, like this thing is not gonna follow you. Good luck." <laughs> and essentially, <laughs> and then throughout the entire film, this thing literally follows Jamie, and you're like, "It's so creepy because it's like it could look like anyone. Like you know, you don't you don't think about it. It could look like someone as as someone as normal, you know, or someone as freaky too. You know, you just don't know, but." You know it's after you mm-hmm. because it li- all it literally does is walk towards you mm-hmm. and and like tries a straight to straight line towards yeah, you in a straight line towards you and tries to kill you essentially. And when Jamie starts experiencing this thing chasing after her, she starts to go a little crazy and also starts to kind of get her friends involved because she's not too sure how to handle it, you know. And a lot of her friends don't believe her. To be honest, they're really bad friends. <laughs> I think they're <laughs> terrible friends. Except for one of them. One of them at least tries to do something. But even then, that's that's arguable of what his intentions are, too. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, and so essentially yeah. the entire film is her trying to get rid of this thing that's following her. And just, just, just to know, she does try to pass it on, but people are hella dumb, and they, they get killed by it anyway, so it doesn't help, you know? So she needs to find mm-hmm. a way to, like, pass it on safely, essentially. But wow, this film, Jonathan, totally caught me by surprise i really enjoyed this film (laughs) this film was really good i don't even know how you heard about it so yeah so i actually heard about it from one of my friends uh one of my seattle friends they were like oh yeah like i really want to watch this film we should watch it together sometime and i was like okay yeah sure put it on my list unfortunately i have not watched it with them yet but i have watched (laughs) it twice and i had recommended it to um, a friend of mine and you know we just watched it for like an online uh, movie night sort of thing and we were just like, wow, like this is this is like a this is an amazing and well done film. It's not that scary. It's like scary, but it's like, again, not disturbing. You know, it doesn't really get under your skin like you had said um, in last episode. I think it was. It's scary. And, you know, it makes you paranoid, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like when people are walking directly towards you, you're just like, oh, God, <laughs> you know, what I mean? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the next couple of days when somebody's like walking directly towards you, you're just like, ah, what's happening? <laughs> um, but, you know, like it's it's got major indie vibes, which I really like, you know what I mean? And what I mean by that is that, like, I feel like the tone of it is very well done. You know, like this film does tone so well. Like you can't tell what like time period it's in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can't tell like what age these these young people are because it kind of feels like they're in high school. But then it also kind of feels like they're in college. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it just kind of has this weird like, you know, like sort of not weird, but like it has a, a good way to like approach like Parts of the story that we would typically be, like, just given, it just doesn't give it to us. You know what I mean? Because it's like, the film's like, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in this. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Right. Yeah. And um, I think 
we even had a hard time trying to figure out where it takes place or you know where it takes place like literally the uh-huh. setting and location um and it's not until they talk about like eight mile road i'm like okay it's probably most likely um in the midwest somewhere and so mm-hmm. uh, that's that's where we were able to kind of narrow it down and mm-hmm. yeah I, i'd say this film is um I think it's very vague like that on purpose because it's kind of yeah. supposed to be like this thing can this story can t- literally take place anywhere and can literally happen to in a way happen to anyone anytime and mm-hmm. this film does such a great job at portraying like like how we talked about undertones in our for our last film same thing mm-hmm. uh, um undertones here what it needs to carry carry that um if it if you would even call it a burden or, or if you didn't call it something, but you carry something mm-hmm. with you through relationships from one from one to the next, and how it just kind of sticks with you, um, mm-hmm. like that sort of thing, you know. And uh, I thought that was just amazing. And not only that, like this film pays a lot of homage to '80s horror flicks and slashers. Mm-hmm. Um, the, a lot of that imagery, a lot of that tone, um, even the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I don't even think it takes place in the '80s, but it definitely has like those <laughs> vibes to it too, you know? Right. Um. Yeah, it's almost like a love letter to, <laughs> to uh, '80s horror films, you know? And mm-hmm. ideally, that's when horror horror films start to really um flourish, I guess you can say. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really liked how they did that. Yeah, I felt like they had a lot, like it was very tastefully done, you know, like the entire film, like there's so much imagery that's just used very well. You know what I mean? Especially imagery revolving around like sexuality and sort of the discovering of like one's own sexuality. And, you know, it's interesting because like at the end of the film, when I was um, having a conversation with my friend, we were like, Oh man, like, it feels like one of the big themes of this of this movie is just don't have sex. You know what I mean? Like it's just like <laughs> is is that is that what the theme is? You know what I mean? Right. But you know, like like you said, like there's just so many different undertones in this film about like what it means to, you know, sleep with somebody for the first time, right? Like like kind of the guilt and burden of that. You know what I mean? Especially for our main character Jamie, you know, who you know, was very much looking forward to the first time that she was going to um, sleep with someone. And then when she does it, she has this overburdening guilt of what had happened. And, you know, of course, the curse is kind of just put onto her, but it kind of follows her for essentially the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. Um, And she has to figure out how to, like, deal with it. And it's like the only way to deal with it is to sleep with somebody else. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And almost like forget about it. Right. Because that's Mm kind of what that's kind of what people are trying to do. It's like, oh, I'm going to sleep, sleep with somebody. Forget about it. You know what I mean? And forget about it, you know? And so I think it has like really interesting commentary. And and if you watch it again and again, I feel like you start to pick up on new things. You know what I mean? That you realize, at least for me, I didn't see there the first time. And so it continues to surprise me, you know, as I rewatch it. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, there's that. It's like, oh, yeah, there's that, too. You know, and there's also things that like happen that like I can't make sense of it. You know, like I can't make sense of what what is actually supposed to happen, you know, or not, not what's supposed to happen, but like what is, what's supposed to mean, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, right. And I'm just like, wait, what's that supposed to mean? You know, it's like, wait a minute, why are they saying this right now? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a, it's, it's a film with such, in my opinion, has very little dialogue. 
or at least very little expository dialogue, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, every single thing that the characters say is meaningful. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just like, oh, what is that supposed to mean? I have no idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And what's even more important in this film is that you almost have to pay close attention to what the characters are doing. And you have to understand what they're trying to do implicitly. Um, yeah. Like, uh, Jonathan and I, we kind of had a, not like, like like a little debate i guess when there's a part <laughs> where jamie goes to the beach and she sees like some guys all off in the distance like in like a boat like they're just chilling hanging out mm-hmm. swimming having fun um and it literally just has her cut like we see that and she's looking out to the boat and it literally just cuts to like the next day or the next evening right, right. and I was saying, oh, yeah, I think she tried to pass it on to them. And then John was like, well, we didn't really see it. I'm like, that's true. We didn't. But I think it's implied that that that's what happened, you know. And so there's all these little things that happen throughout the entire film. The entire film was so implicit, you know, even the part where um, where uh, it gets passed on to Jamie's friend and. We're not sure if Jamie pa- if Jamie's friend passes it or keeps it to himself. I'm saying, dude, he definitely passed it. <laughs> but you know that, right. that 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 sort of thing. It's all implicit. You know, you kind of right. really just have to assume a lot of things and kind of have to really think about it. And the thing is, like, there's no right or wrong answers. You very well could be right or very wrong, but you know, it doesn't matter. Right. You know, right. and it's very contextual too, right? Because the moment that you were talking about with Jamie out on the beach, looking at those guys mm-hmm. that happens right after her friend dies. So she passes it on to one of her friends from school. Mm-hmm. And then supposedly he passes it on to somebody else mm-hmm. and then he dies. Right. And she sees him die and she gets into her car and drives away so that the curse doesn't get her. And then when we see her next, she's on the beach like looking out at those guys. So like there's an assumption that like she slept with them, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To pass it on to them so that she could have some time to buy it, you know, to like buy herself some time and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But we don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know. And it's so funny. Like it's so, <laughs> it's so interesting to like uh, play, play with like, you know, okay, so if I have it, how long is it going to take how long is it going to take for it to walk across the country <laughs> or walk across the cities, you know, to right. get to me? Um, and that was really fun to play around with. <laughs> right, um, right. Yeah, because you, you very well could play that sort of game, I guess you could say, you know? Right. That's one of the things that the film is not necessarily interested in, right? Right. Mm-hmm. It's not interested in this, like, oh, what's the best way to live with this curse in terms of distance you know what i mean like if there are rules for this thing like coming after me you know like maybe i can just time how long it takes for it to get from here to here and it's 10 miles you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so if i know that that's 10 miles like i can and then estimate how far i need to be before it gets to me and etc etc you know like Mm -hmm. like they they don't care about that though you know like the, the friends don't care about that um and then the main character doesn't care about that so I mm-hmm. think it's just interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, I guess, context in mind, I think it'd be a great TV show where it'd be like <laughs> people try to handle the curses different different way, right? Um, and I think that'd be a very interesting premise for a TV show. Um, so, yeah, Netflix, get that greenlit. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody has to write it. So mm-hmm. if you're willing to write it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I think that's 
pretty much it. Unless there's anything mm-hmm. else you have to add for this film. This film was great. If you haven't like if you haven't noticed by now, like we we love this film. <laughs> Definitely yeah. check it out. You gotta watch yeah. it. Yeah, this this film is very good. And I would say can uh, the film we talked about before too, Candyman is also very good. So this year, I guess we're moving on to like our mm-hmm. conclusion now. Um yeah. this year, you know, like we I feel like all the picks that we had this year were all very good picks. Mm-hmm. Like I was listening to our podcast the year before, and there were definitely some in the, in those episodes where we're just like, we hated this film. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, um, right. But then this year, you know, we definitely like the films that we chose were all ones that I think we generally liked you know mm-hmm. um and so yeah i mean you know we talked about midnight mass uh which you know mike flanagan we love and you know the films we talked about for all of them basically now i'm just kind of repeating myself but yeah mm-hmm. do you have anything that you wanted to add for this year larry not in particular but i do have to say yeah i agree i all these films were very good and it kind of makes me think, you know, like, man, do we make the right choices? Because everything we, we liked everything, <laughs> you know, um, like, like they all had something to say yeah. or if, if they didn't have anything to say, they were all told very well. And a lot of them, I'd say a lot of the, the films we picked surprised me, like hmm. very well surprised me and how good they were, because I wasn't really expecting very much out of them, you know, um, I tend to give very like a lot of leeway to indie films and whatnot, but at the same time, it's like you know, like these films do a great job at not necessarily getting under your skin, but really trying to, I guess, show the strengths of what horror storytelling can do. And I think mm-hmm. all of these films do that. Like they'll talk about characters and their trauma, characters and what it is they're struggling and how they try to overcome it. And I think that's always the big thing when it comes to uh, horror storytelling. And I'd say practically all the films we talked about this year definitely hit that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I also think the majority of these, if not all of them, were films that I picked. And so now I feel kind of like <laughs> weird. I feel kind of bad in well, retrospect that like all these films are ones that I was just like, let's watch these. You know what I mean? No, so. I picked Midnight Mass. For some reason, I don't know why we didn't think we were going to watch. I, we were obviously going to watch Midnight Mass, but it wasn't yeah. on our Halloween list for some reason. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking through it. I didn't really. Well, because I'm, I'm not really like a horror I don't really go looking around for horror films, but I'm down to watch them. You know what I mean? But you're the ones who you're the one who goes around and finds horror films. It's like, ooh, this sounds good. Ooh, this looks good. Um, but I guess we can talk about honorable mentions because there is another horror film that we yeah. just watched recently that we didn't we didn't have time to talk about. There's someone in your house. The mm. uh, Netflix just recently released it this month, and uh, just an honorable honorable mention. I think it. I thought it was a pretty good film too. Um, yeah. I think people are expecting too much from it. Like, it's really a straightforward film. <laughs> like, seriously, don't think about anything too deep about this. It's a slasher. Come on, it's a slasher. Why are you expecting something so deep? Okay. Yeah, and it's um, yeah, and it's Netflix. You know. Yeah. What I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, but no, there are some bad films that we've seen this year. Um, yeah, there are the Conjuring Three. Oh my uh-huh. God! Do not watch the Conjuring yeah. Three. I mean, we also did not like <laughs> Malignant, but I also feel like we're in the we're in the very small you know minority because yeah. a lot ah. of people loved malignant and i feel like okay i feel like malignant 
with the right expectation and the right group of people is a good film. The, the problem with sense. Malignant is that we've seen something better. And that film is called Upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 like that's something that had the same feel and tone and what they're right. kind of going for. It's called right. Upgrade. And right. But then, like, <laughs> Upgrade is trying to be a good film, which it is an amazing film. Yes. But, like, Malignant is trying to be a bad film, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the main difference. Yeah, I, I did not like Malignant at all. Oh, my goodness. Let's not. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, we and, love Malignant. And the one film I did pick that we decided that we didn't talk about was The Medium. And, oh, my Lord. Yeah, that was the, not good. Yeah, The Medium is a Thai film that we purposely did not bring up or want to talk about yeah. in our in our Halloween special um, because we've seen it done better because it's a Thai horror film approach to found footage. And the thing is, Asian like Asian films don't really do found footage very much. But the one that we do know of is called Noroi, which is a Japanese found footage film back in 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the medium is trying to do is pretty much what Noroi did, but better. Noroi does it way much better because it kind of combines in. Like, there's a reason for why it is found footage and then why it is mockumentary. But there's no good reason why the medium is mockumentary and does all these sorts of things. Um, and so, even though it has the same director as Shudder and, you know, this dude's very prolific. Like, I don't know what happened here, but I think it was the medium was a huge miss. Um, yeah. 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 I, I also did not, I did not like the medium at all. So, yeah. So mm-mm. maybe we did purposely pick good films this this time mm-hmm. around because there were definitely some bad films we've seen and that maybe yeah. we didn't have that much to really expand or talk about. So, yeah. But I mean, I feel like all these, you know, like we, we really enjoyed. And again, honorable mention to There's Someone Inside Your House. Very good popcorn flick, you know, brain candy, not much thinking, just put it on scary movie to watch for, you know, the evening and a, a, a little bit of undertones here and there with social commentary, you know, mm-hmm. which I pleasantly enjoyed, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. But if you do want to see it done better, watch Fear Street. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that's why they're just honorable mentions. We don't really, we try to pick the best of the best for you listeners out there. So. <laughs> Whoever's listening. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Were there, I'm trying to think, were there any, oh yeah. And then we also watched another film, Korean horror film called The Mimic, um, which like was pretty good up until <laughs> up Near until the, end. the third act yeah yeah until the third up act, until oh the third my. act. Yeah. i don't know how they messed up so bad but like <laughs> i don't know what it is with so I, I i i love korean films i love korean dramas all that stuff but korean horror films for some reason they aren't quite hitting that note yet um the wailing was probably the best one so far yeah the wailing for sure but yeah the mimic great setup great character development oh not character development scary yeah very spooky very scary very great very great characters very great setup for everything everything it was all there until the third act like how did you pull a peninsula (laughs) here you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um yeah but yeah uh besides that i guess like what is it what are you looking forward to next year i guess like oh man um so for next year i'm looking forward to um a couple things the midnight club which is actually directed by mike flanagan surprise surprise there (laughs) the midnight club is going to be a tv show it's going to be on netflix and it 
is an adaptation of a young adult novel by the same name, The Midnight Club, and also will incorporate other sort of intellectual property by the same author who wrote The Midnight Club. Um, His name is Christopher Pike. I haven't read The Midnight Club, but I hear that it is kind of like a beloved, you know what I mean? Like people like it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a very diverse cast um, from what I can see. Um, Mm, that has been cast as the young people in this. And, um, you know, of course, there are going to be some of the Midnight Mass folks in there as well. You know, Mm -hmm. Mike Flanagan likes to keep his cast pretty close to him. Mm -hmm. Um, And then another horror film that's coming out next year that I'm looking forward to is called The Black Phone. It's pretty much gotten some really, really good reviews and is only out in... Uh, film festivals right now and comes out February of next year. So I'm I'm really uh really excited for that. It's going to be a theatrical release by Universal. I think is going is going to be distributing it. So mm-hmm. um really excited for those two things. Other than that, I mean I haven't really heard very much. Not really following the Asian horror scene that much, and I'm not really sure what Jordan Peele's working on because I'm not <laughs> I'm not you know right not really. Uh, following him that closely and i am excited for what nia DaCosta is going to be doing next she's doing the marvels that's not horror but i'm looking forward to what these directors who work on horror are going to be doing so Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, um and i guess for i don't really have anything i'm kind of expecting looking forward to next year most of the time it's sort of like thing like when it's around halloween season that's when halloween films start to get announced (laughs) to be honest Mm -hmm. that's just how it is uh, the summertime and whatnot but I guess for next year, I guess what what I would like to cover, um, there's a few horror film franchises we haven't really touched on. Um, we haven't touched on like Halloween or mm-hmm. we haven't touched on like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. Um, and, and we haven't even touched Jaws. Like we've never seen Jaws, but we know that's, <laughs> we know that's a we know, we know that's a classic horror film. So, yeah, right. I would like to right. maybe have an episode dedicated to like classic horror films and mm-hmm. um, maybe even one that like touches our triggers. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> um, like I am willing to sit down and watch Chucky for one of our episodes or something, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. Because um, I actually heard good things about the first Chucky film like the way it was designed and kind of like what it was trying to say kind of like how like the first nightmare on elm street is like solid compared to like the rest of the film and the franchises that's just how it generally is so yeah i'm actually looking forward to that maybe that's something we can do yeah yeah i feel like there are definitely a handful of like of the more beloved you know like horror stuff that like we just kind of haven't touched you know um i think american horror stories is one of those tv shows that people love you know but I feel like we've never really gotten around to it, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. I'm a little hesitant. Just I don't love the tone of it, to be honest. But, you know, um, we'll see. So that about does it for this year's October Halloween specials for 2021. We have chosen some of our most favorite films for this year. And I hope that as the year goes by, we'll also run into more amazing horror TV shows or films. And if any of you uh, know us personally, or at least know me personally, I'm watching horror films all the time. It's not just, you know, like for October, but I love horror films. And so if you have any recommendations, definitely always 
um, you know, let me know. And I have a growing list um, and would love to, you know, put some of the stuff that you guys are watching down on my list so that, you know, we could talk about it. But yeah, so super excited for you all to tune in for our Halloween special this year. We love you all for taking the time to just sit down and listen with us. Um, So again, I'm Jonathan. My co-host Larry was with us today and that'll be it. Thanks for tuning in.